the debate around should the Bulls extend DeMar DeRozan or not is becoming one of the hottest topics around the fandom of the Chicago Bulls. That on top of, you know, the, the usual P-Will, Zach Levine, is he stars, did they overpay or not? But DeMar DeRozan is becoming kind of that linchpin that every Bulls content creator and Bulls fan is talking about right now. Should the Bulls extend DeMar DeRozan? And if they do, what does that mean for the future of the team? We're going to continue to talk about that a little bit today. We're also going to talk about Derrick Jones Jr. finding his new team. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. But more importantly, you can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And so if you're a Bulls fan and you're on the online community, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Reddit, whether it be at any other YouTube channel, everybody is talking about what the decision, what decision are the Bulls going to make when it comes to DeMar DeRozan and his pending contract extension. I think everybody knows at this point he can sign a contract extension over $40 million per year. Um, and, you know, it's it's a raging debate on what the Bulls should do when it comes to DeMar DeRozan. And me, myself, I've had a video on it. I've talked about the pluses and minuses, the different options that the Bulls have. They can look to trade him at the trade deadline. They can look to just let his contract expire, get the value there. Or they could absolutely lock him into an extension, re-sign him, double down on the score, give him maybe a two plus one, give him kind of put him on the same timeline as everybody else. So it'll be an additional year. But just kind of just do that and run this and see what they what they can get out of this for the next couple of years. But you have the fandom and the part of the fandom that really rely on and look at DeMar DeRozan as being the reason why the Chicago Bulls have been a better team since he's been here. And I've said before, and I'm going to say, you guys know, I'm blunt. I do not mix my words. That's foolish. The, DeMar DeRozan was not the difference that came in and all of a sudden made this team a, a, a team that was fighting for a playoff spot or going through the play-in. No, it came with also trading for Nikola Vucevic a couple of months before, bringing in Lonzo Ball, bringing in Alex Caruso. And let's not forget as well, DeMar DeRozan had, was over a decade of his net rating for his teams being better when he was off the court than on the court. That changed, yes, with the Chicago Bulls, and that was via a mixture of a few different things. Just bad lineups in certain cases, uh, Billy Donovan's reliance on DeMar DeRozan, and, you know, just not having an offensive system that really used players to the best of their ability. De- B- Billy Donovan relies heavily on DeMar DeRozan. That's something that we've said, right or wrong, it is what it is. And, and via that, too, DeMar DeRozan isn't the best off-ball player either, so that does force a- us to play in a very specific way to get the most out of DeMar DeRozan. Now, again, that is not a Slight on DeMar DeRozan and what he brings. He's a 25-point-per-game scorer. He's going to always be efficient. He's going to get you to the free throw line. He's going to, when the team can't score because we go through those scoring droughts very often, usually the player to get us out of that is DeMar DeRozan. But I do think that it's foolish to get to the point to where you, you bet everything on DeMar DeRozan. You think that DeMar DeRozan is the only reason for XYZ. And I think people forget as well that when Zach Levine is not dealing with an injury that is both the start of a season uh, over a season ago and when, when Zach Levine was healthy towards the back end of the season, him and DeMar averaged about the exact same everything. About the same shots per game, basically the same output, almost the same field goal shooting percentage. Yes, DeMar has, is higher and more consistent with that free throw shooting percentage, and he gets to the free throw line way, way more than Zach Levine. 
but the averages are about the same. And I know some people are going to say, well, if we send off DeMar, who replaces his output? That is one of the stupidest arguments in all of sports when you when you think that by sending someone off you have to get somebody who does the exact same thing look at for example the Boston Celtics when Kyrie left that team they didn't come in and bring in somebody who exactly replaced what Kyrie Irving brought to that team no you had players that step up right and that is probably the biggest question here is that the biggest question is outside of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic who's a very consistent player who is going to step up now that is a valid argument who is going to step up to, to be able to even disperse that scoring out. Now, one person could say it could be Kobe White. It could be Patrick Williams. That is one of the age-old, uh, you know, Bulls fans thing of, hey, Patrick Williams would, oh, he'd get all these sh- more shots once DeMar DeRozan's gone, which by the nature of how you would think the, the output to go, he's going to get more opportunity, yes, but until Patrick Williams really steps into that mindset, which maybe he's ready to do this year, it's not like he's going to all of a sudden be this more aggressive player just by the nature of DeMar DeRozan going. And therein lines the conundrum that the Chicago Bulls find themselves in when it comes to DeMar DeRozan, right? Do you move on? Do you not give? DeMar really shaping up when you look at it is going to be one of the top free agent targets in 2024. He could be, right? Kind of expected that the last time he was out in free agency, no team really wanted him. But I think what he's shown here at the Chicago Bulls uh, team and how he's going to age gracefully, he could be one of the top free agent targets for a team that is looking to maybe just add a little something, put them over the top. And that, like I said, that is the conundrum that the Chicago Bulls are in right now. Do you allow a player to to leave, right? And that's if you don't try to trade them. And again, we've talked about the fact that I don't think the trade market for DeMar DeRozan is going to be this huge trade market where, you know, a lot of Bulls fans think, well, we should move DeMar and we're going to get, you know, two firsts back. I don't think it's that because he is expiring. And I think we've gotten to the point now where teams are typically a little bit more intelligent with how they use their assets. Now, that's not to say that a team at the trade deadline that's looking to become a contender won't say, hey, we got these two first round picks in subsequent years. Let's go ahead and send them out. Um, and we can bring in DeMar DeRozan, add it. It's going to bring us over the top. We think we're going to go on a championship run if we add DeMar to this team, match contract, salaries, whatever it is. But you have to look at that point. That That's going to give you, what, a low first-round pick, maybe in the 20s, right, in, in the high 20s. So if that's the case, like, and, and once to say, that's a better value than letting them walk away for nothing. At least you're getting something back. And if you draft intelligently, maybe you can get a player uh, that at, in, at the end of that first round that's going to really turn into something for you. But it's a conundrum that the Bulls sit in. And it's not an envious one, right? And like I said, there are there are pluses and minuses no matter how you look at it. And some, it really depends on how the Bulls continue to struggle. Like I said, DeMar DeRozan, uh, a 12-year stretch of, of his teams being better when he was off the court than on the court. They changed with the Chicago Bulls. We know why that changed, right? Um, when you, Especially when you look at like the just how clutch he was and, and how we didn't really have anybody who was ready to step up in the clutch like DeMar DeRozan did so frequently and never shied away from. DeMar DeRozan's run with the Chicago Bulls has been great. It's been fun, but you have to look at the future of this team. And that's why I had the video yesterday. If this Bulls team continues to struggle, right? If this is a team that is barely scratching by to make a play-in tournament, to me, you can't, no matter how you look at DeMar DeRozan, make the argument that he is worth forty over $40 million a year to keep a core of a team together that is barely getting into the play Now, I know a lot of you guys, right? You guys know I interact with you guys all the time. I know a lot of people are going to immediately respond with, well, what does that mean about Zach Levine? And, and, and to, to, to the credit there, I'm not saying that you guys are wrong for asking that, but here's the thing. 
any smart front office is always going to bet on a player that's sub 30 years old before they bet on a player that's going to be 35 years old by the time you extend it. By the time that contract extension kicks in and he's playing games for you, DeMar DeRozan is going to be 35 years old. And any team, any team, any unless you were a title contender, right? That is where it changes some things. If you were a team that was that close to the title, then you start looking at keeping your vets around, which Zach Levine is absolutely vet at this point as well, right? But when it comes down to it, and as much as people get so heralded and, and caught up in scoring and, and, and what it is and the dazzle, DeMar DeRozan isn't the reason why the Chicago Bulls team has had the success that they've had the last two seasons, the little bit of success that they've had. If, and, and I always go back to the point of when Lonzo was out, when Zach was out, we won three out of our last 27 games that season. And you know why that was? It's because DeMar DeRozan is not the guy that you try to make him out to be, that some of these Bulls fans try to make him out to be. That is not. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Not to say that he's a bad player because he's not at all. DeMar DeRozan is not a bad NBA player. And I do think with a better roster construction that, yeah, there you can get even more out of it. But what are you, are we going to bet has AK shown anything in the last couple of years that they, we are in line for a drastic roster overhaul to build around this core three if they were to resign him? I say no. I say that AK is going to continue drafting, going through his draft picks, signing whatever marginal players that he can get, and it is what it is there. And I've heard, you know, Mark K over on CHGO Bulls talk about the fact that, oh, well, it just makes more sense to bring DeMar DeRozan back. How can you, you can't afford to let him go. You can't afford to let a player go that you're, you're barely scraping by into a playing scenario with. That, to me, is asinine. It's asinine, right? Now, if and things can change this, bull, this season. If the Bulls are rocking and rolling, adding Javon Carter, adding Torrey Craig, Patrick Williams takes a step. Kobe White takes a step. And this team is actually one of the top four to five teams in the Eastern Conference. This whole conversation changes, right? Uh, everything that I'm talking about now is results-based. And if the results change with the core that you have from what they've been the last season and a half, then okay. That changes the scenario. That changes the conversation. At that point, you're then talking about keeping a core together that is showing that is now showing you they, they can be in the top half of their conference. Are we trusting that right now, right? And that's why I say I'm not saying that the Bulls should all of a sudden make this drastic move and decide, hey, before we start the season, let's move DeMar for whatever. No, you do not move DeMar DeRozan just to move DeMar DeRozan. That is also equally as stupid, right? You don't do that. But you have to make a calculated risk and a decision based off where this team is projected and the way that they are trending by whatever point, whatever, whatever benchmark you make it. You have to look at how this team is trending by then. And the fact of the matter is, I've never seen so many people clamor to keep a player for a team that they also say 
sucks, right? The same Bulls fans that sit here on, on in comments and things every single day and talk about, this team sucks. We're going to be the 22nd team. We'd be lucky to even scrape or play in and then say, oh, no, we absolutely have to keep anybody. Like, and that's why I say it's not about, uh, and, uh, most simple-minded people make it about this thing of, well, it's either Zach or it's either DeMar. Oh, if that, if you're if you're saying let's move DeMar, that must mean you love Zach Levine. No, shut the fuck up. No, it, it's it's clearly put it in in the scenario. Like, don't get me wrong. If the if a great deal pops up for Zach Levine, his ass gotta go too because we haven't really done much of shit with either one of these players being here. And unless that changes, unless we get to the point to where we are seeing better results from this team, this core, it is what it is. Like, I understood why you had to bring back Nikola Vucevic. We had no ability to replace his production at all with the assets that we had. I understand why you bring back Kobe White because Kobe is young and is, and is trending in the right way. I even understand why you bring Iota Sumu back because, yeah, you had one good season, one bad season, questionable production, but you see what the path he could be defensively. But when it starts getting to these things that we hold on to any of these players thinking that they are unmovable because of the little bit of success that we've had with them, it's not that. That is not what this situation is. Like, yes, Zach Levine offers the best chance to hold on to him right now, but I've even said, if the Bulls aren't in the next one year, two years, looking much better, you got to explore Zach Levine trades as well as, as much as you got to explore anything else. The reason why DeMar DeRozan's name is coming up now is because of the pending free agency and, and the scenario that that would lock the Bulls into with this core had you, if you do not move on from, right? Or if you aren't finding better success, AK and Eversley have to choose, are you going to pick and, and try to build this team in a better way to support this core? Or are you going to just keep doubling down on the score, hoping that eventually one of these bites at one of these young, unproven, raw players is going to pay off in them ascending to almost star status, right? And that is a dangerous game to play on top of everything else. When it comes down to it, I'm not saying that the Bulls should just absolutely move DeMar, but I'm saying that with what we have, the, the results that we have right now, the tangible statistics that we have right now, especially if it gets to him, him just wanting the $40 million, I don't think that is worth it. I don't think that is worth it. And you have to start making tough questions on this core overall, and this may be the first domino in those decisions that need to be made. And do not overlook it, and please do not make it make you think that that, that pending decision is not also over Zach Levine's head, the further that we go into this contract and the and the further we get from being a title contending team. And AK and Eversley, again, full rebuild or not, I'm not even, this isn't necessarily the conversation that we're having right now, but a decision needs to be made and AK and Eversley can't keep sitting on their hands and just hoping that it's going to work. At some point, you have to make a decision. And DeMar DeRozan's pending free agency may be the first step in an actual change happening with this team. But again, if this team finds success this season, take this episode, ball it up, throw it away, it don't matter. If this team comes out rocking and rolling and we're one of the top four to five teams in the Eastern Conference, say, Hayes, you're an idiot, and I would agree with you. Resign DeMar DeRozan. Let's keep it moving. But until that is proven, until you get that, you got to explore every option, and, it, and that option includes DeMar DeRozan not being with the Bulls long-term. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. Now, before we go, we got to talk also about Derrick Jones Jr., who signed a one-year guaranteed deal with the Dallas Mavericks. And shout-out to Pat, the designer, who over on Locked on Bulls asked the other day, did, did DJJ make a bad decision? And here's what I'll say with this. We don't have the exact numbers or financials on Derrick Jones Jr.'s contract with the Dallas Mavericks. If it's less than the $3.3 million he was going to get with the Chicago Bulls, one could then say, hey, you made a bad decision. You had more guaranteed money. But here's what I'm going to tell you where it may not be. 
Derrick Jones Jr. is still, what, 26, 27 years old. He's now going to be on a team with Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, in the same way that he was the ultimate role player here where he always found a way to impact and affect a game with his skill, with his shot blocking, with the highlight dunks. If he goes to that Dallas Mavericks team, which is going to have more eyes on it and more expectations than the Chicago Bulls, by the end of that one-year deal, he's going to recoup more money than what he would had he spent another year on a middling Chicago Bulls team fighting for a play-in spot. And probably he's going to be have a chance to earn a more clear role than what he ever had with the Chicago Bulls. When you look at it, Derrick Jones Jr., a 3-and-D player, right, um, that hasn't really hit the three ball too efficiently, but he's going to get even more open shots by the gravity of Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, than probably what he even got here with the Chicago Bulls. He's going to play multiple positions there, probably play some backup three. Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably slated to be there starting three. Josh Green's going to be in there as well. But Derrick Jones Jr. is going to come in, be able to be – a, a player that understands his role and maybe, maybe even turn some heads, get a little bit more attention on him to where he goes in the free agency next year, and he'll end up signing for more money than what he would have got playing another year being on the bench of the Chicago Bulls. Now, again, do I would I have rather Derrick Jones Jr. stay here? Uh, yes or no. I'm a mixed bag on it. I think when you look at us adding Torrey Craig, when you look at even us adding a younger player that has more upside than, than Derrick Jones Jr. and Julian Phillips, yeah, Julian's probably not going to play a lot this upcoming season, but I think that the upside is higher. Had the had he not opted out, I don't even know if the Bulls would have made that move. They talked about how that was part of the decision, right? Not the full decision, but that was part of it, the fact that Derrick Jones Jr. opted out, and I think that they made a good call, a good audible by bringing in Julian Phillips at that time. So wouldn't have seen. I, I mean, I'm happy for Derrick Jones Jr. I'm glad he went out and found a team uh, that he's going to have a role for and get to play for and earn some 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 minutes for, and we'll see how it shakes out for him in the long term. But, you know, it is what it is there. We'll see if this is another one they will look at and say, hey, AK, what you doing? But, you know, ultimately, that's my thought. You guys can let me know what you think on that down below. But that's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys and like liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.